our body and peace of mind. We ask you, dear Lord, you take care of Brother Pitts. Watch over Mrs. Pitts and the boys, Lord. Forgive Brother Pitts his health, his needs, and strength he needs to overcome this. We ask it in Jesus' name. Now, Lord, we ask you to bless here as we study thy word together. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. It's so good to be back to be able to talk. Because last Sunday I got up and uh, I was going to come and try to preach anyhow and I couldn't get a word out edgeways. I mean, I just couldn't speak. And I called my son-in-law and he came. And I, I do appreciate him very much taking care of things for me when I can't get here. I don't know how he does it because he's preaching at his pulpit and then he comes right on over here and I do appreciate it. But this morning I was... I've been listening to the news. I know you all have a lot of stuff going on. And there's a lot of people wanting to know. And, and I've had this question asked me several times over the years. Why doesn't God speak to people today? Why doesn't God take charge today and change things and speak to us? Well, I want to show you something if I can, please. In Second Timothy chapter 3, verse 16. All Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished, and all good works. The part that I want you to see is all Scripture is given by inspiration of God. And then notice what it's for. Any doctrine of, the, of God is the Scriptures given to us for that. And for reproving us, and for correction of us, and for instructions in righteousness, or how to live right with God. And so, what these verses is teaching is, if you want to know anything of God, uh, it's right here in the Bible. Now, why has God been silent all these years? Well, He hasn't. And we know, according to these scriptures, the Bible is the Word of God. And I believe every word in the Bible is the Word of God. I believe the Bible is all there is of the Word of God. I do not believe there are other sacred writings anywhere. Our Bible is compared composed of 66 books written by some 40 different persons in all walks of life. The writings of those 66 books covered a period of about 1,600 years. Think about that. One book, and God used 40 different people to write over 1,600 years the Word of God. And although many years and many miles separated the writers, the Bible is in perfect harmony from Genesis 1 to Revelation 22, verse 21. What that means is <coughs> that there is no mistakes, there's no corrections in the Word of God. All the way through the Bible, it harmonizes one another. God didn't say to one man 500 years ago, you pin down what I want you to pin, and then he comes along and says something to another person uh, another 100 years later and said, now you change what I told you to t the other person to put. No. 
it has to harmonize. It has to fit together, and it does all the way through the Bible. That's one of the reasons we know it's the Word of God. No other man could do that, or no other writers could do that. Now, there's a reason that God has been silent for all these years. God revealed, number one, to Adam that he would send a Savior. God created man from the dust of the earth, breathed in his nostrils the breath of life, and he became a living soul, Genesis 2, verse 7. God then removed a rib from Adam, outside, and from that rib he made Eve, Genesis 2, verse 21 and 22. Adam sinned against God when he tempted when he was tempted by Satan. In Genesis 3, verse 15, God promised the Savior who would crush Satan's head. He would be the seed of the woman, not the seed of the man. Galatians 4, verse 4 through and 5, God answered that promise. But when the fullness of time was come, God sent forth His Son made of a woman, made under the law, to redeem, to redeem them that were under the law, that we might receive the adoption of sons. What that means is that through this woman, Eve, God sent the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. And in Luke chapter 1, verse 26 through 35, is the story of the birth of the seed of the woman, the seed of God, Jesus Christ. Mary did conceive, and she brought forth a son. Not the son of Joseph, but the seed of God, the seed of God, the virgin-born son of God. To Abraham, God revealed the nation out of which the Savior would come, in which he would be identified. Genesis 12, verses 1 through 3, the nation Israel was born, and verse 3 says, And in thee shall all families of the earth be blessed. The last promise to Abraham points to the Messiah because it was through the line of Abraham that the Messiah, Jesus, would come. Genesis 3, verse 13 through 16, more than 2,000 years later, the Holy Spirit made this tremendous truth known to us through Jesus Christ and through Paul. To Jacob, God revealed that the Messiah, Jesus, would be of the tribe of Judah. In Genesis 49, verse 10, the scepter shall not depart from Judah, nor a lawgiver from between his feet, until Shiloh come, and to him shall be the gathering of his people. Shiloh is just another name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And the Jews, as we know them today, are descendants of Judah. John 4, verse 22. Salvation is of the Jews, meaning, simply, Jesus was a Jew from the tribe of Judah. To David, God revealed that the promised seed would be a member of David's family. In 2 Samuel chapter 7, verses 11-13, through 13, God revealed to David that although he himself would depart this life and sleep with his fathers, his seed would not cease to be. Then in Luke chapter 1, verse 32 and 33, when Gabriel revealed to Mary that she was the mother of God's son. Then he said, He shall be great and shall be called the son of the highest, and the Lord shall give unto him the throne of his father David. And he shall reign over the house of Jacob forever, and his kingdom there shall be no end. And Mary did conceive, 
she did bring forth a son. He was great. He was called the Son of God. And one day, the Lord God Almighty will give him the throne of David according to Acts chapter 15. Now turn back to Acts chapter 15 and let me read you something. Acts chapter 15 verse 13. And after they had held their peace, Jesus answered, Say, Men and brethren, hearken unto me. Simeon has declared how God at the first did visit the Gentiles to take out of them a people for his name. And to this agree the words of the prophet, as it is written. After this I will return and will build again the tabernacle of David, which is fallen down. And I will build again the ruins thereof, and I will set it up, that the residue of men might seek after the Lord, and all the Gentiles upon whom my name is called, saith the Lord, who doeth all these things, known unto God, are all his work from beginning of the world. So we see, according to uh, David, God revealed the promised seed, and he did come, and that was Jesus. To Daniel, God revealed the time when Jesus the Messiah would appear. In Daniel chapter 9, verse 24 and 25, the weeks here in verse 24 are seven of years. Each week represents a seven-year period. Seventy weeks of seven years. It was revealed to Daniel that within these weeks, the nation, chastisement of Israel, must be ended and the nation reestablished in its own land in everlasting righteousness. These 70 weeks are divided into three groups. Seven weeks, 49 years. 72 weeks, 434 years. And one week of seven years, Daniel chapter 9, verse 25 through verse 27. Now, in the first 49 years, or seven weeks, the holy city of Jerusalem was to be rebuilt in troublesome times. And the record of fulfillment is found in the books of Ezra and Nehemiah, and these 49 years were literally fulfilled as recorded. The second group of weeks, 434 years, the Messiah was to come, according to verse 25. And this was fulfilled in the birth of the Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 26 says, And after three score and two weeks shall Messiah be cut off, but not for himself. And this prophecy was fulfilled at the crucifixion of Christ. The destruction of the holy city of Jerusalem mentioned in verse 26, was fulfilled in A.D. 7. The words of verse 26, unto the end, uh, does not give us a fixed number of years. That period has already lasted some 2,000 years. Now, the Holy Spirit revealed to Daniel that there would be wars and desolations unto the end. And there has been, and there always will be till Jesus come back. <laughs> During this time, people will be called out of his for his name, which is the church, and all believers in this day of grace. His name, which is the uh, which is the church, and all the believers, and before the great tribulation, the church will be called out, raptured to meet Jesus in the air, according to First Thessalonians 
chapter 4, verse 13 through 18. Now, when the 70 weeks, the tribulation period, will begin to run its course of seven years, no one knows. But just as sure as the first two groups of years were literally fulfilled, we know that the last period of years will be fulfilled. To Micah, God revealed the town in which the Messiah would be born. Micah chapter 5, verse 1 and 2 says, But thou, Bethlehem Ephetar, though thou be little among the thousands of Judah, yet out of thee shall he come forth unto me, that is, to be ruler in Israel, whose going forth have been from old of old from everlasting. And Jesus was born in Bethlehem, according to Matthew chapter 2 and verse 8. To Malachi and to Isaiah, God revealed that the Messiah would be preceded by a forerunner. And some 400 years after God revealed that to Malachi, John the Baptist came before Jesus Christ, Prepare ye the way of the Lord, in the book of Matthew. To Zechariah, God revealed that the Lord Jesus Christ would be betrayed and sold for 30 pieces of silver, according to Zechariah 11, verses 7 through 14. And five centuries later, Judas Iscariot did betray Jesus for 30 pieces of silver, according to Matthew 26, verse 14 to 25. To Zechariah, God also revealed how the Messiah would ride into the holy city of Jerusalem, lowly and riding upon an ass, a coat, the fold of an ass, Zechariah 9 and verse 9. And five centuries later, Matthew 21, verses 1 through 11, tells us Jesus did exactly that. To the psalmist, God revealed the manner of the death of the Lord Jesus Christ. Psalms 22, verses 1 through 20. It talks about how he'd be crucified, how he'd be beaten, how he'd be sped upon, how he'd be mocked, and then he would be crucified. But also that death could not hold him. He must rise again from the dead. And all of this was fulfilled according to the Gospels and John chapter 19, verse 28 through 43. Now, to Isaiah, God revealed his part in the death of the Lord Jesus. Isaiah 53, verses 1 through 12, the Lord Jesus Christ, who paid our sin debt, was smitten of God. There's debates all the time, who killed God or who killed Jesus? And they talk about the Jews killed Jesus, the Roman soldiers killed Jesus. In reality, according to Isaiah 53, God the Father smote the Lord Jesus Christ. Matthew 15, verse 37 through 39, men had to say, truly, this man was the Son of God. Now, the question is asked, why don't God speak from heaven today? And I have been... Uh, so many times with people that ask that question they got reasons for asking that question and uh, all I have to say to you why should God say more than he's already said if you not believe what has already been written in God's word you will not believe if God spoke to you more or from heaven the Bible is God's word <coughs> I believe this so strong that when I preach the Word of God, 
it, uh, a man asked me the other day, or we were just talking about preaching and being called of God. There's a difference in people getting in pulpits today and saying they are preachers, and there's a difference in those kind of people and called out preachers. Now, I've been with unlearned people. I've been with educated people. I've been with college students. I've been with doctors of divinity. In all walks of life, that God is called to preach His Word. No doubt about it. But I got news for you. You don't just take the privilege of preaching God's Word on your own. God has to call you. If he, if you get up and preach without the power of God on your life, nothing's going to happen. And that's gonna, God cannot move. Now, I said that to say this. When a man is called to God to preach the Word of God, he has to believe, or he does believe, that all the Word of God is the Word of God, period. It's the Word of God. I believe this. When I get up to preach the Word of God, I'm preaching what Jesus said. I'm preaching what God said. When I read it. If I read the Word of God. Now, all the other myths I might throw in there to get your attention on something, and that's called the foolishness of preaching, as 2 Corinthians it talks about. But when it comes to reading the Word of God, when it comes to preaching the Word of God, I was talking to a person just this past week. They was talking about, oh, you ought to have been and heard of my preacher preach last Sunday. I said, what did he preach? And they couldn't even remember what he preached. He talked about different things and you know, the second coming of Christ, he talked about the times today, and uh, he talks about how to be successful. He talked about all these things. Oh, you're a preacher. I said, that ain't preaching. The Bible said, preach the word. That's just philosophizing. When it comes to preaching, you have to preach the word of God. That's the reason I always like to read the word of God. And I'll never try to preach the word of God, but I'll read the word of God. And what I'm trying to say is, I believe it's the Word of God so much that when I preach the Word of God, I'm actually saying what God would say if He was here in person. And I believe this. If Jesus came down the aisle and He was standing here preaching today, you would not believe He was the Messiah if you did not believe that the Bible said He was the Messiah. Because it's the same Word of God. Jesus is God. And I want to ask you something. If somebody comes along and says, I won't believe until I see him or I hear him speak to heaven to me. And I have had people to say to me, God spoke to me last night. Right out of heaven. No, he didn't. Now, he might have reminded you of the Word of God. He might have convicted you through the Holy Spirit of some Word of God that you'd read before. But as far as speaking to you actually out of heaven, no, he's not. Because he's given you all the Word of God he's going to give you. And when you come to the, this thing of, well, what am I supposed to do? Now, I want you to watch something. If you will not believe what has already been written in God's Word, you will not believe if God spoke more to you. The Bible is God's Word. And it's all the Word from God any man needs in this life. In John chapter 5, verse 24, Jesus said, Verily, verily, I say unto you, He that heareth my word, and believeth on him that sent me hath everlasting life, and shall not come into condemnation, but is passed from death unto life. That's all a man needs from God. The Bible says, Verily I say unto you, he that heareth my word, 
and believeth on him that sent me. Now, John 16, uh, John 3, for just a minute, please. <coughs> In John chapter 3, and I want to begin to read, please, in verse 15. That whosoever believeth him should not perish, but have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God sent not his Son into the world to condemn the world, but the world through him might be saved. He that believeth on him is not condemned. But he that believeth not is condemned already because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. Now, I want to give you something I want you to listen very carefully. Jesus did not come into this world to condemn anybody. Jesus came into this world to save everybody. To save every sin. He did not come in this world to condemn you. The Bible says you're already condemned. According to verse 17. Listen to this. For God sent not His Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through Him might be saved. That does not mean that everybody's going to get saved. It means that everybody has a chance to be saved. Why? Because the Word of God speaks to our heart. And when we hear the Word of God, that's the only avenue that a person can get saved. That's why it is so important that when a preacher or a man of God or anybody that's witnessing to somebody about their salvation does not come into... I, I remember when I first got saved and I, I would go out visiting and I would talk to them and, and I was brought up into this thing a cigarette, a cigarette would take you to hell. Drinking would take you to hell. And I, all these kinds of sins would take you to hell. And I'd go out and I'd see somebody smoke and say, you ought not to do that. You know, that's going to take you to hell if you're going to do that. And one day the Lord spoke to my heart and let me know no, ain't a cigarette made that'll ever take a man to hell. There's not a beer ever made to take a man to hell. He's already condemned in his sins and trespasses. Jesus came in this world to save you and save your soul. How do I know? Do I take a preacher's word for it? Do I take a denomination's word for it? Do I take anybody's word for it on the face of her? No, sir. I take the word of God's word for it. And anything that you want to know from God, He's already written it down. All you have to do is search it out and find it, and God will speak to your heart or your need. Here's how I work in, when it comes to the Word of God. If God has me in a situation today, whatever that situation is today, I say, Lord, help me out of your Word in this situation that I am in today. And I begin to read the Word of God, and He's always had and always will. He'll open a truth to you from His Word and bless your heart if you'll come to Him. And that's what we're to do when it comes to situations in our life. Come to the Lord Jesus in His Word, because He'll speak to you. Amen? I'm glad I'm saved today. Father, would you bless the study of Thy Word today? We love it. We cherish it. And Lord, we ask you to teach us to love it more, read it more, bring it to our hearts more every day. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you so much.